What if you could say an all-in yes to yourself for 2022? What if you could commit fully to the things you said you were going to do, to the vision that you have, and to be in the room with a mentor who will hold you accountable, cast an even wider vision for you, and give you the strategy, tools, tactics, and support to ensure that these things come to fruition. Welcome to the iconic experience. Oh, just like comes out of me from the depths of my soul, this program, if I can even call it that. It's just not. That's why it's called the iconic experience. It is an experience. And it is one of the biggest gifts I've ever put out into the world. You are going to be part of a mastermind, a high level executive roundtable of perfectly welcomed in and invited in souls who will collaborate with you and network with you and stretch you and share ideas and all the goodness that comes out of a mastermind is so extraordinary. So you're going to have that every month. You're going to have group Voxer. So that mastermind stays active and you can drop in and ask questions and really share with one another and build deep, meaningful relationships. And on top of that, I thought, what could I do to expand this beyond something that I've seen out there in this world? And that is you have a full iconic experience by welcoming yourself into the rooms of everything I launch live in 2022. So you do not need to contemplate whether you should or do I want to invest. You get to sit back and receive for the entire year as the result of a single yes to yourself. One yes gets you a mastermind for the entire year full of really wicked women, group Voxer with these same women and myself, and you walk in the room for all the live coaching programs that I launch in 2022. You're just in. You're in the room. So this is really for the woman who is ready to lead, lead herself, lead her business, lead her life. And if this sounds like, ooh, it's a prayer I've been asking for, and I just want to say yes to something and just enjoy the experience versus looking constantly for the next thing, the next answer, the next coach, oh, the confusion, the chaos, the energy that is expended through that. Welcome to the iconic experience. You can come into the DMs tell me you're interested, ask the questions. I am so excited to answer them and to get to know you and see if this is a fit for you. Welcome to the best year of your life in 2022. And I'm telling you right now, the iconic experience is going to be like the rocket that's going to take you to the whole new level, the one that you've been asking for. Your feelings are valid. They should be communicated. There's a time and a place. So a girl had been with a guy for 11 years and he forgot the anniversary and she was feeling hurt. And she's like, I'm just feeling hurt. I'm just feeling like, I can't believe he forgot. He either forgot or he just doesn't care. I need to express that I'm hurt. And we were like, absolutely. Yeah, that would hurt me too. You need to absolutely express yourself, but I need you to regulate (laughs) because right now you're in fight and you are in like a trauma response and you're not even considering the 10 years that he did forget and what he does on a daily basis for you. Welcome to the Becoming Iconic Podcast. I am your host, Jen Spiegel. I am a life, business, and brand stylist. 
And after years of helping thousands of female entrepreneurs grow successful businesses and lives, I was called to bring these delicious conversations forward for those of you who are ready to build, expand, and actually enjoy all the desires of your heart. I'm so confident that this podcast will support you as you start to elevate and pursue the highest version of yourself. Thank you for being here. Sink in and enjoy. Hey, icons, welcome to today's podcast with a very, very beautiful guest. (laughs) Inside and out. Paige Michelle is here and she is a human design expert. And one of the reasons I brought her on for us to learn through is she has been really pivotal, I'd say, over the last two months. I I think I was introduced to you two months ago through my coach, Allison Bird. Mm -hmm. And that really opened the gateway and the doors to understanding human design. And I have been exploring it and trying to educate myself as much as possible. And you show up consistently really empowering women, men too, but I would say women majority of the time to really step up in who they are and to own themselves fully. And I just want to thank you ahead of time. Just thank you for how you show up. I just feel like you're doing things in a different way and breaking some rules, which I kind of like. <laughs> I like it. And so I brought you on today because I'm fascinated with your perspectives on human design and relationship. Mm-hmm. And so I would love, you know, for the audience to get to know you because there is so much to you. So if you wouldn't mind, I'd just love to start with your story and let them know who Paige is. Yeah. I mean, I've been in business. I've been in the business world for almost eight years. I started this journey with a blog while I was a paralegal at a law firm. And prior to that, I was a waitress. Like I was just the quintessential, like talented, smart kid who was bored with school and the rules were silly to me. They didn't make any sense. Um, And I just felt more alive when I was with people and living my life as opposed to being told what to do with my life. So that didn't bode well for college. I failed out the first semester, got into a lot of legal trouble over the the, span of like three or four years. So really much, pretty much the only thing I could do was waitress. Um, So I was waitressing and then I just had like this holy moment where I was like, what are you doing with your life? What are you doing? Like you are smart. You are, you know what I mean? Like, what are you doing? Is this what we're going to do? Is this what we're going to (laughs) do? So um, I got fired from Applebee's. There's literally not a job that I have not gotten fired from other than my own company. I just said out loud, I was like, I could be a paralegal. I wanted to be a lawyer when I was a kid, but I thought there were too many rules, all the tests and the hoops and all those things. So I decided to be paralegal. And then the next day, somebody said they had a job opening for a paralegal. I told them I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm a really quick learn. Did that for two years and I helped her build that firm. She's got like multiple locations now, lots of people underneath her, but it was soul sucking because it was family law and it was criminal. And I mean, people's lives depended on me getting paperwork done. And every time I answered the phone, it was a mom crying because she's dealing with dad, Mm. his kids being withheld from him. I started blogging at night and that turned into social media marketing. And then that went from social media marketing to sales and sales funnels and paid advertising and helping people make more money. And really what I noticed is that people... They didn't know what they wanted. They didn't even know who they were. So they would make the money, then they'd be miserable. They wouldn't make the money, they'd be miserable. And I I was miserable working with miserable people. One day, I went to a a mastermind and somebody asked me, what do you want the money for? And I said, freedom. I realized I was very unfree. I had no time. I just had a baby and I was in a marriage. And like that relationship was not going well because I was spending no time with him. And I just burned it all to the ground and was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it my way. And I'm going to do it focused on people and who people are. And then that same day, somebody introduced human design to me. I started diving in. I got really interested. 
I was great at marketing sales funnels and Facebook ads. I just always had a knack for that. But when people wanted to work with me, I told them the only way I would work with them is if I also did the personal development and this human design side of things. Like their funnel, their marketing had to be in alignment with who they are. It just blew up after that. And this was back in 2016. So nobody was really talking about human design. So it's just been a lot of like educating for the last four years. And so finally, it's becoming more well-known and makes my job easier. Because I've been living it for four years, I'm now starting to see how like practically applied it can be in every area of life, including relationships. When we had a call together where I felt opened up, it felt really vulnerable in certain ways. But at the same time, I felt so understood. It just made all the check boxes that weren't checked because I didn't fully understand why is it that I want to do all these different things. You really allowed me to have that permission slip to be able to do multiple things and be multi-passionate. As a matter of fact, that's your human design. And it felt like such a relief. What's a relief is finally somebody in your life telling you that you're not wrong or bad for the things that you naturally or want to do. And even if those things are not necessarily healthy for you, you know, I am trauma-informed and trauma specialist as well. And on TikTok, I did this TikTok about if you just snapped at the kids, you're feeling frustrated, da 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 that's perfectly normal. That's a normal yeah. biological response. How many women messaged me that they're waiting for me to like attack them and tell them that they're wrong and like how relieving it was to them to be told that they're not wrong? And for me, that's what human design has always been. It's been a confirmation of who I am and who I always knew that I was, but also a confirmation of who I'm not. Definitions and the labels and the rules that people throw on you, kind of like deciphering who I'm not, I get to you know really go all in on who I am. And life just kind of works out. The reason I'm able to be so accurate in what I'm like saying, the ways that people are actually living this out in their life is because who I was speaking to are women that have open emotional centers who are in fight, flight, or you know, fawn or freeze, right? They're in a trauma response. And that's actually how you behave when you're in a trauma response. So I was just speaking to their design, really. Mm-hmm. I know you are divorced. I am as well. I was so inspired by the fact that you walked through that with such grace with each other. Would you walk us through that? If they didn't see it online, I'd love you to walk us through that experience if you don't mind. My ex-husband and I, very different people. We kind of just fell into this relationship. We were both from a small town. You get drunk and you sleep together and then you just kind of stay together if you don't want to break up. You know what I mean? Like you're like, okay, well, we're getting married. Cool. Now we're having a baby. Cool. And then like, I started my business and he started his business. We started to see that that was not an intentional relationship that we entered into and it was not healthy at all. We divorced and it was really like loving conversation that we had. We had separated when I was pregnant with Ruby. It got better. So I came home and I was pregnant and I was having a new baby, you know what I mean? And he was the father. So we worked on it. And then we just had a really deep conversation in August. I think it was 2017 and it just wasn't working. You know, neither of us are really happy and we just decided to separate. We didn't even have like an intentional, like we're going to do this well, or we're going to do this right. We just have such a deep respect for each other. I'm very regulated because I work really hard to be regulated. Having at least one person regulated and secure, holding that anchor down and like regulated is going to regulate the other person typically. And I wasn't trying to make him wrong or bad. I just wanted to figure out who I was outside of that relationship. The kids are the priority. I hold space for whoever he ends up with. And I think that he holds space for whoever I end up with. And we're constantly working on our relationship and we have our days and our times. We did a podcast interview. I'll have to repost it. It was my, on my old podcast, yes. my new with him, but also just learning his design and learning my design and learning why I was attracted to him and why he was attracted to me really made me easier just to understand him as a human and to humanize him and not make him this person who hurt me and put me through all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wouldn't have done all this work. He wouldn't have gone to therapy. He wouldn't have, you know, he wouldn't have a lot of the stuff that he has if I didn't exist. So, you know, there's just this mutual respect. What was it about your human design? 
I have an open emotional center. That means I basically have an open source nervous system. And I do not have emotional permanence, meaning out of sight, out of mind, out of body, out of mind. Meaning like if my nervous system and my feelings were a cup, my physiology is meant to only be filled to like here at any given time, full of dopamine and all of these like really joyful experiences, these highs and highs and these low lows. It's not meant and it can't hold those for long periods of time or rest of my body. I'm going to be constantly walking around in fight or flight. When you have an open source system like that, and then you're around somebody early on in life. So my mom is defined. So literally in the womb, it's like somebody's pouring in water or chemicals and I'm not built to hold it. And maybe if I were lucky enough to have somebody teach me how to express my emotions, how to regulate my body, but none of us really are because nobody has knows how to do that. So all that keeps happening is it just keeps overflowing and overflowing and overflowing and overflowing. My body then becomes regulated to emotional highs and lows, high levels of dopamine and low, low, low drops of dopamine and cortisol and all of the stresses and adrenaline and all of the cocktail stuff. When somebody comes into my life who has all of that, they have all of the chemicals that I'm looking for that I think that I need, my body thinks it needs. And then they leave the room. I feel emotionally abandoned. I feel emotionally empty. I then feel anxious. And then I want to go out and create and find an experience of high or low. Todd is that. He's defined emotionally. So I just repeated a process that I've had since I was a baby is that my mom was emotionally unavailable for me because she was. She did not have space for my emotions. She had her own emotions that she didn't know how to process. And I was absorbing them all of the time. And then I became too much because if I had feelings, it was overwhelming the feelings that she already had. And she didn't have space for. So that's what I became accustomed to. And so then that was seeking out from men were men that didn't have the emotional capacity for me or anybody really that put their emotions ahead of everybody else's because it was important to them. It's this, it's a part of them. And so I made it about me. I would make it about like that. He didn't understand my feelings. He didn't care about how I was feeling. I didn't ever feel emotionally supported at all ever. I never felt safe, but that's okay because like, I was literally always on defense because my body was experiencing all of those chemicals and those highs and lows thinking it needs it, but also it's triggering my fight or flight because it's trauma. Like anytime our body is experiencing energy or an experience, frequency, currency that it's not built for, it's trauma. It's traumatic. Your body is like, no, 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 no. This is going to hurt us. This is wounding. But then our body is attracting it because we think that we need it. And so you're just constantly walking around and fight, flight, freeze, or fawn. And so my response was definitely with him, fawn. And then with my mom is fight. I'm avoiding her. Like, I don't like her touching me. She's trying to play with my hair when I was little. And it's not her. It was her feelings. I was like, get those away from me. So it just creates this thing. And then you start to see that like, it wasn't anything he did. He was just playing a role that I needed him to play. I was playing a role that he needed me to play, which is just the reflection of his feelings. He has all these big feelings and was never expressing them. And I was always constantly expressing them. Like now that we're separated and he understands all this, he's like constantly feeling Jen. But it's like you gave him freedom through your experience. I just reflected back to him who he was. Any place that we're open in our design, you're reflecting your environment back to it. And anytime that you're defined, your environment is a reflection of you. I'm heavily defined. Other than my emotion center and my head, I'm all defined. So if I'm experiencing a world that I am not enjoying, it's me. If I'm experiencing a ton of competition, like feelings of competition or people competing with me or just low frequency ego or like sickness, anything like that, I'm just like, oh, it's me. So then I go back to my regulation because that open emotional center is creating all the frequency that is empowering all of the power within the body. Mm. 
the word power just keeps coming back to my mind. It's like this powerful existence because you fully understand yourself and how powerful for a woman to know when she's in a room or in a group of people and you feel these feelings to know, okay, it's not about them. And so we don't even point blame. It's just like, look in the mirror. Why is this triggering what's happening within? Yeah. I mean, when people reflect back to me certain things, I know what frequency I'm in essentially. I've got a love-hate relationship with it, obviously. I make people feel things and that they can't handle it. They're not equipped. That's not a me thing. That's a them thing. I've gotten to be okay with that. I know what I do for people. I know I activate them. I know my power empowers them. But I also know that not everybody's ready for that. So I have to like not make it about abandonment and rejection for me because, you know, getting all those emotional highs and then somebody walking away, I become addicted to rejection and abandonment so I can feel that high and that low. So I just have to constantly be reminding myself they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting their own feelings. Every man that I have ever felt like an intense passion for and a desire for has definitely been the one feeling it. I'm just mirroring that back to them and amplifying it. Yeah, they don't have the words for it. They don't have the way to process it. It's scary. They've learned to mitigate, which is just avoid because that's what they've been taught as kids, how to handle feelings, especially men. And so again, I don't take it personally, but like if I'm feeling intensely desirous of a man or I'm like thinking about him a lot or obsessing or I feel passionate, That's how he's feeling about me, but he's mitigated it. I just don't have my own feelings. There's just no way that that's all me. Okay. So tell me then, could this affect like a codependent relationship? A hundred percent. It creates codependency. It creates codependency in a few different areas. It will all over really, because you're almost dependent upon that person for the energy, that emotion that you're seeking. But then there's the spleen that can create codependency too, because people that have a defined spleen carry this like healthy wellness energy if they're healthy and well. And then people that have an open spleen are just seeking that out. Todd had an open spleen too. And so at the end of the day, I have energy that people want to be in and around. It makes them feel good. Even when it makes them feel uncomfortable, it makes them feel both. You can't get one without the other. It's hard for them too. It creates attention for them because they want to be around me, but they also don't because it's extremely uncomfortable. So I attract a lot of men who are avoidant and that's okay. I like my alone time. <laughs> it's okay. I love my alone time. I've joked with a few, like if I did live with somebody, I feel like we would just need like separate wings of the house and then just <laughs> together maybe like once a day, who knows? I just don't need a ton. And again, like I told you, even with my mom, like too much is overwhelming for my nervous system. It's overstimulating. And I don't like, I don't like a ton of touch. I know when I did my graph with you or my chart, I have an undefined heart. Everything else is defined. So you really helped me understand that I am very open. I can receive people's ego, good and bad. So low frequency of the ego, because I have a defined will, is that you know, I get competitive. I'm like, well, if they can do it. I can do it. Like I got to beat them to the punch. Da, da, da. The highest expression of that is I'm doing God's will and it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing. And let me just stay in my own lane. Let me be the best, highest version of myself. It's the level and version of me that's doing 75 hard and that's pushing it. That's creating structures and boundaries. That's the high level of the ego. So depending upon who you're around, yeah, you're going to absorb that and amplify that. So you can be extremely driven, materially successful, competitive with yourself, optimizing or God complex. I have my days where I'm like, I'm by God or superiority complex, I'm sure, but at least I'm aware of it. When you're looking at human design, are there two specific designs that suit each other? Is is there a pairing kind of like the astrology? It's awareness. I've definitely had people approach me. I've had different shows and magazines and stuff ask me this question and know like, ideally, 
you would want to probably have two generators together so the projector isn't getting like overwhelmed with all the energy, but also like the projector can with awareness benefit from that life force energy and projectors are there to guide generators. So see where there's just no perfect type for any type, you will attract exactly what you think you're missing or what you need to attune your energy to eventually have every single thing that it is that you wants or desires or is here to do if you have the awareness. I'm at this point where I'm going to always attract emotionally defined men. So until men are all consciously learning how to process their emotions and emote, this is a dynamic that's not going away anytime soon. So I've got to learn and have what's here for me. What is it teaching me? It's teaching Mm -hmm. me self-sufficiency. It's teaching me resiliency. It's teaching me to be unbreakable and unshakable, like showing up for myself every day. Mm -hmm. It's helped me develop my masculine. So I'm not constantly seeking like emotions and validations from people. It's taught me how to emotionally center myself. There's an opportunity, no matter who you're with, to grow from that experience as toxic as it can possibly get. I truly believe with the right guidance, somebody that's trauma-informed, somebody that has a skill set, somebody that understands all of this, you can grow from the relationship. You don't necessarily have to grow together, but you can definitely create what Todd and I have. Do you do that for couples? Do you do some couples coaching? Yeah. And what would you say is the commonality? Is there like a common theme you're seeing? Yeah. Define emotional centers with open emotional centers. I have never met two emotionally open people. I mean, I'm sure they're out there, but there's going to be something else in the design that's bringing them together as well. But yeah, it's almost always emotional, open emotional with defined or open root with a closed root because that root creates pressure that people are like seeking because that creates that fight or flight adrenaline rush that people think that they need to motivate them, but it's not. So I do see that and I see a lot of projecting and I just see a lot of miscommunication simply because people don't know how to state their feelings in a way that is nonviolent. It is unbelievable to me to talk to a woman. Only reason I say this is I've been there. And to tell her, tell me how you're feeling right now. And she'll say, I feel like nobody ever. I'm like, how are you feeling right now? I feel frustrated. I feel devalued. That's it. That's all I ask. Like, I don't care what he did. I don't care what he said. You have to be able to at least identify what it is that you're feeling to express it. How does an emotion get out? You cry, you scream, you hit somebody, you hit something, or... You just state it in a way that is like actually expressing the energy. People have a hard time, especially with open emotional centers, expressing how they're feeling Mm -hmm. because they have been traumatized by other people's feelings their whole life, other people's emotions and those currencies and those frequencies. So they don't want to say something to somebody to trigger them to then feel something and then feel that themselves. It's actually like funny because most of the people that are open emotionally talk about people being narcissists and like emotionally manipulative. And I'm like, <laughs> not saying something so somebody doesn't feel something is emotionally manipulative. You're still emotionally manipulating somebody. Oh my goodness. Like not speaking your truth so you don't have to hear their truth or hear something from them is still manipulation. You just gave me a massive light bulb <laughs> moment. I never would have considered that. My husband and I had a disagreement on the weekend. And I said to him, like, sometimes I just want to say anything because I don't want this. Like, I don't want you in a bad mood or upset with me because I can bounce back quickly from something. He doesn't necessarily. I never even would consider that that was manipulative. Maybe he doesn't bounce back from things because he hasn't had enough practice. Not enough people are saying the thing that if enough people are saying it, he's going to eventually be like, well, I'm going to figure this out. But if you keep withholding, then he doesn't know it's... And it's also about delivery. 
also about timing and it's also about your state. So this is something we teach in fuckboy reform school. Your feelings are valid. They should be communicated. There's a time and a place. So a girl had been with a guy for 11 years and he forgot the anniversary and she was feeling hurt. And she's like, I'm just feeling hurt. I'm just feeling like, I can't believe he forgot. He either forgot or he just doesn't care. I need to express that I'm hurt. And we were like, absolutely. Yeah, that would hurt me too. You need to absolutely express yourself, but I need you to regulate (laughs) because right now you're in fight and you are in like a trauma response and you're not even considering the 10 years that he did forget and what he does on a daily basis for you. And it's 2020. Like, it's like, give him a break. We don't know where his head's at at this point. He's probably stressed out too. I said, wait until you are regulated and you can communicate to him. I'm feeling curious. Did you forget that our anniversary is tomorrow? And he's going to say yes or no. And he's going to say, yes, I did. And then maybe something else you can say, I was feeling hurt. And I understand that you may have just forgotten. What do you think? Wait, can you just tell me what's going on for you? And for him, he was just like, I did completely forget. Oh my God, what can I do? Can we do something right. tomorrow? I just want to show you I love you. But what would most people do in that situation? Think about that. What would a woman do? She would be extremely passive aggressive, probably yeah. not say anything to him, drop clues. When he did eventually remember, she would just, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, how would you naturally, if you are hurt, you're not going to say something like he should just figure it out. Yeah. And then you would hold on to that grudge. And then it builds and it builds and it layers and it layers. And then you explode one day and they don't even know what hit them. And it was only ever you not expressing how you felt Mm. like that could have been resolved in that moment. A lot of women are afraid of rejection. Like what if he did say, yeah, I just didn't think it was a big deal. She was afraid of that. She's avoiding, but also like attacking at the same time. It's just, it just depends on what your fears on your, your nervousness is around it. But just saying, I'm feeling curious or I feel your feelings are valid and you need to be confident and certain saying that. You don't need to explain them. You just say, I'm feeling excited right now. Or sometimes with a guy, I can just be like, I'm feeling uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And he'll say, why? And I'll be like, I just, I feel nervous. That's vulnerability. And that's, there's nothing more attractive to a man. I'm feeling nervous. And then they can be like, why? And you can be like, I don't know, you know, like, and discuss it. And a lot of women try and like figure out the solution for men. So Mm -hmm. saying, I feel hurt when you do this, you should do this differently. What about I feel hurt? Let him effort and come to you and be like, and figure out the solution and be like, what can I do? I would be that person. Like you just hurt my feelings. And next time, could you do it this way? Or next time, could you pay better attention? I would give a solution. Yeah. And that's okay. But it's still efforting and still masculine. Let him fix it. I feel like you're saving marriages and relationships right now. I'm curious though, how you regulate. So I'm thinking about myself in the moment. I'm hurt. I'm sad. I'm feeling vulnerable. How do I regulate in that moment? I breathe. Sometimes I'll just say like, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. I need to walk away. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Like my heart is racing. I'm feeling angry. Mm. I'm going to walk away and then I'll go sigh or I'll go scream into a pillow. If I'm with a client or even especially with my kids, I'll just be like, do you mind if I just stop for a second? I'm feeling overwhelmed. And then I'll just go, "Uh," you know, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, a few days later, when one of those little nuggets is feeling stressed out, you'll hear a sigh come from the other room. That's regulating. And that's how you teach co-regulating. And this is for men as well. Like women are the emotional leaders in a a relationship. Emotional guides. You don't have to lead anything. You just need to guide and just be an example, an emotional model. And so, yeah, for me, it's sighing, it's screaming. Sometimes I'll wake up really anxious and I'll just scream into a pillow because maybe my dream was really anxiety inducing. Punching to a pillow. There's so many different things. Something else I do to be proactive about regulation is cold showers because a lot of the reason that we're in fight or flight is because our body is trying to stay comfortable. 
So I put my body in discomfort actively and proactively, and it kind of stretches and works with my nervous system. When I am, I'm not avoiding discomfort. And when I am uncomfortable, my body doesn't freak out. But it's used to it at this point. Like it's stretching it. Depending upon if you have an open route or a closed route, I recommend a different type of routine, workout routine every morning. I just think showing up for yourself every day, doing two or three things for yourself every single day, depending upon your design, regulates your nervous system. You're not looking for other people to create security within you. What do you say to a woman who's in this relationship codependent? It's not going well. She's not fulfilled, but yet she's not taking responsibility to do things for herself because there's guilt. If I do this for myself, I feel badly. I'm taking time away from my kids. What's your advice to her? Just ask her if you know this is a zero-sum game. And why does it have to be? Where did you learn that? Who do you get to be if this is a zero-sum game? Who do you not get to be if this is a zero-sum game? And I mean, ultimately, like they believe it's scarcity. It's lack. And it's like, if I spend my time over here, if I spend time with my business and I take from my children, we don't ever consider that if we spend time on our business, that our children receive more or they receive quality us. I mean, ultimately, especially with moms, it's that our children do not listen to who we tell them to become and like who we tell them to be. They become who we are because of our open centers. If you're not regulated and taking care of yourself and operating from at your defined highest good, what are they absorbing? They're absorbing your lowest frequencies. And then they're reflecting it back to you. I told Todd that a long time ago. I said, the minute I started focusing on myself and taking care of myself and putting my health, wealth and stuff ahead of me, you know, maybe I'm gone for six hours a day, but the four hours I spend with them at night, I am like the best mom. Their behavior shifted completely because kids are only ever reacting to you. So that's what I would tell them is like, if the most loving thing you can do for yourself, but especially for your family, because mothers love to be martyrs. If you want to save your family and help your family, you have to focus on you. There's literally nothing else to do. I believe that wholeheartedly. Just this past weekend, I went away for a night and got myself a beautiful hotel room and went out for dinner. And my husband did not say, I can't believe you're going away. You get a break. I don't. He was really happy for me. But you tell yourself that they're going to say that as a way to keep yourself from doing the thing for yourself. It's a lie. And even if he did say that, it's because that's been the story for so long. He's like, who is she? And then that's that's just his trauma response to something shifting in the frequency. Yeah. My breath coach was even saying it could also mean that if it irritates him, you're going away. It's the very thing he's craving is a little break himself, a reprieve. And you're reflecting to him. It's different. Things are changing. And I was so grateful for that response. I was so grateful just for the blessing of like, have a good time and just giving me that space to do that. It felt so good. We work hard on that though. So you're in this space now of, are you actively looking for a partner or is it just whatever happens? No. And that's like not a very manifesting generated way to do it anyway. You know, I'm very intentional. I am very clear about what I want in a relationship, like a dynamic. I'm pretty clear. It changes every once in a while, but I thought I wanted a relationship and I was really actively out there. I realized when I was in Austin and I was really enjoying the company of like multiple men that I was not there yet. I really just want to focus on my business and my children and my legacy. I'm still really solidifying my inner masculine. I want to attract the highest and I, I don't want to lose myself again. Mm-hmm. So I just, there's a little bit more affirming in that I need to do for myself. And just, I haven't met anybody whose behavior makes me want to like hang out with them more than I want to hang out with myself. I would honestly rather just sit at home and listen to a podcast or create something or read something or do my hair or create content or hang out with my kids than go be uncomfortable with somebody or just go spend time with somebody that maybe hasn't treated me or valued me in the way that I think that I need to be valued. Free. 
That's what comes to mind, like ultimate freedom, because you're not seeking somebody to fill a void, a gap, anything in you. You are whole. And now it's just looking for someone who compliments. It's 100% a compliment. It's like bringing two whole people entities together that creates a third entity. You know, my relationship will reflect my inner relationship, my masculine, my feminine how comfortable my feminine feels and with my masculine like structure will be how I feel in my relationship with somebody else. And so I just want to solidify that. Yeah. I just don't ever want to lose myself again because that has been the story is completely losing myself and other people. And like I said, I, I really enjoy the men that I have in my life and I'm not really willing to give up time with them to go all in on somebody. I haven't met that person yet. I think when men meet a woman and I think when men know that they're not being the best version of themselves, they're not being the highest version of themselves, they're not, they're not really, they're phoning it in and they meet a woman that accepts that they feel comfortable. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll date her. Like maybe I'll even marry her, but they know that she has no self-respect because who would be with that version of him? Somebody that didn't respect themselves. So they don't respect her. Ultimately, they respect me because I wouldn't. It's almost like you're declaring this, this knowing, this higher standard of ourselves. And I think oftentimes in life, what we're doing is looking for other people to raise their standards for us. I don't come to anybody and say, you need to be better for me or you're not doing enough. Da, 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 da. I just am the highest and best version of myself. And I personally couldn't be with somebody that wasn't because the exchange would be unfair. I'd always have to be lowering my frequency to meet them not have the conversation I want to have because they're not capable of having that conversation. And then I'm not the highest version of myself. And if I'm not who I am, they don't actually ultimately get to be who they are. I'm trying to make them into something so I can uphold a version of myself that isn't even who I am. Nobody wins by me not being a hundred percent myself. Can you become that in a current relationship? I talked to so many couples where the woman or the man are up-leveling. The other one isn't quite there yet or ready. Can one truly become themselves and really still foster a beautiful relationship? Yes. And you have to be okay with the structure changing and you have to be okay with having no timeline and you have to be okay with it not looking how you expect it to look. The exact example of that is Todd. It is my ex-husband. We're still in relationship. It just looks different. It's still loving. It just looks different because I grew and chose to focus on myself. And he did. He just didn't do it on my timeline. Definitely do that. But you have to not make anything about what that person is doing. Everything that person does needs to be a placeholder for awareness for you to, oh, I need to regulate. Like, how can I help this shift my perspective? It cannot be about making that person be something other than what they are currently. You have to be able to accept them for who they are right now, not tolerate them. Like, can you accept them where they're at right now as you are right now? And if that's the case, then you just focus on yourself. Everything they do, if you start feeling a certain way, you're sad. Well, you were sad. And then he did that thing. I promise you. That's how frequencies work. Steve did this thing. And then I got sad. It was, I was sad. And then Steve did this thing because my mind found the thing to affirm the feeling and to perpetuate it. It's not, I thought of this movie and then I got sad. It's that I was sad. And then I thought of this movie. And so when you start thinking about life from that perspective, something that they do or say that's really low frequency or nasty, it's like, I already maybe a little sad or what, maybe I was a little too happy. Maybe I was a little too excited. And I really needed that drop so I could have my emotional roller coaster. Again, bringing it back to you, complete self-centeredness. 
Personal responsibility is powerful because you're responsible for every part. If you're taking responsibility for the bad things, you also have to take responsibility for the good things. A lot of people don't do that either. That's like right. if you're going to take responsibility for a client's non-results, then you need to take responsibility for their for their results. Or you could just say that client is responsible for their non-results and they're also responsible for their results. And I was just there playing my role. Facilitating that and just being a part of that. Okay. So tell me a little bit about the fuckboy reform. Tell me what this is. <laughs> It goes back to the human design thing. So I had a dating coach because I came out of a marriage and I had no idea what I was doing. I started dating when I was 23 and I was 30, almost 31 when I started dating. It was a very different place. I thought that after I got rid of Todd, that like, obviously it was him. And so I would just be a catch. Relationships would just fall into my lap and they'd be perfect. And that was not it. I just found that I was repeating patterns over and over and over and over and over again Mm -hmm. because of my open emotional center. I now know. So I hired Megan. She was great. She taught me femininity and I had never been taught femininity before at all. My my mom is extremely masculine. My dad was feminine. So it just like the dynamic was very different. I had to rectify that dynamic. So she helped me with just tapping into the femininity. I thought after all of these relationships, but especially a one with a particular man that has gone on since probably it's been off and on in and out since I was like 18. I mean, with long periods of time, like marriages and things. But always in the back of my head, because he gave me these emotional highs and lows, this feeling of not being good enough. I was just this, this, and this. I bet if I looked like that, then he would just really understand that that dynamic was there to bring back to myself, to be that for myself through wanting to punch him in the face, but also realizing that he's the best teacher I've ever had in my entire life and loving him for that deeply. We created Fuckboy Reform School. So realizing that it was actually a human design physiology issue, but also a cultural issue where we're not taught to be feminine. That's what we teach. So it's not a reform school for men. It's a reform school for women because I have found that when women get their shit together and they stop being the man and they stop obsessing and fawning and traumatized and reacting from reacting that these men, either they go away or they get it together. And then you stop labeling them boys. That was kind of the whole point is like, they're not boys and they're not emotionally unavailable. You're unavailable for their emotions. He says hi. And then you're like, because you're obsessive and you're like just hyper vigilant and aware. He says, hi. And you're like, hi, that's all I get. He didn't even have to answer you. He doesn't answer you. He just left me on red. He's telling you, hi, that was his emotional expression. Or you're like, how are you doing? And he's like, good. That's it. You're just good. You're not even being available for his emotions. He's telling you he's good. Like it's not what you wanted to hear. And it's not as much as you thought it needed to be. Now he's wrong. And then just feeling entitled to men's time. You know, like if you send a text and he doesn't answer immediately, he leaves you on red for a few hours. He's a sovereign adult that has a life and he, you are not entitled to his time, especially if you're not in a relationship with him, a committed relationship with him. He owes you nothing and you owe him nothing. And that's the most important thing is that you think that you owe him your loyalty and your time and your love. You don't, you owe that man nothing. So that's what we're teaching in there is like women are just completely overgiving because they're trying to manipulate these men. These men will say up front that they don't want a relationship and then they'll sleep with them anyway. The men and the women will sleep together and then the women get upset because they feel like they're being led on. It's like, nope, he said that he does not want a relationship. And then you thought if you slept with him that you could change him. So who's a manipulative one? They just objectify us. (laughs) You're telling me that you don't just, just looking for a man in a boyfriend suit. And a man in a husband suit. Is that what you're telling me? That you're actually being consciously and intentionally choosing of these men when they sit down with you? Or are you just taking the first man that will offer you commitment because you're trying to fill your boyfriend suit? That's what I mean when I say like we're mirrors all day long. Like if you feel objectified, you're probably objectifying. If you feel like they're emotionally unavailable, you're probably being emotionally unavailable. And that's what I learned through this man. 
was literally everything that he was doing that I couldn't stand, I was doing at some level. And then I could never just make him the bad guy ever. What are the reaction of the women? Are they like me going, like, I'm literally salivating. Okay. So (laughs) So good. Are they like that? Or do they get their backs up? Is their ego involved? Like, no, I'm not. Not so far. Not Not so so far. far. I feel like we're just kind of the last stop, you know, like I feel like they've tried everything. Hanging out with me, following me on TikTok, Instagram, you're going to feel attacked. And I'm not personally attacking you. I'm just telling you what's going on. I'm giving you the truth. I'm shattering them. So yeah, they feel attacked, but they're ready to take personal responsibility. If I give this advice on TikTok where there's no, like they didn't pay and say yes to this, there's definitely been women that refuse to take responsibility and all men suck. It's the man's fault and men are trash. No wonder they don't want to be in relationships. Like who wants to be in a relationship with somebody that hates them low key? You're, the work is for you to love you because when you somebody genuinely truly loves themselves and shows themselves self-love every day, it's almost impossible to hate another human being. I just don't hate anybody. I don't have it in me. Like I just don't. I don't care what you've done to me and what you could possibly do to me. You could take one of my dearest people from me and I just don't think that I could hate you. I could be very angry, extremely angry. I could want to kill you, but I couldn't hate you because I love too much. I feel like you're being my teacher and a facilitator to me right now. There's so much reflection on me and how I can become more whole. Just all these little things are dropping in my mind. And I'm sure everybody listening right now, you're almost like you go through a documentary of certain, whether the circumstances or arguments or moments where you judged and you thought you were being judged, but it was really all dependent on me. I can only speak to this and speak to this so powerfully because I've done it and I've been there. Like I'm not speaking at you. I was the queen manipulator. I was the worst girl, like completely emotionally unavailable, the biggest victim on the planet. I mean, it was never, my dad used to always say that growing up, like you need to take responsibility. Everything was everybody else's fault. And he used to always say that too. So now for me to be living as this version of myself, it took a lot of work. I don't want anybody to think I'm preaching. I'm just expressing that this is a very free way of living. And I've gotten here through asking myself those really hard questions and accepting responsibility for things fully and a hundred percent. And it's, I'm not perfect in it. I have my days, my moments where I text people and I'm like, he's a, you know, but I have that moment and then I'm over it. Thank you so much for that reflection. And please be kind to yourself. Every single thing that I've talked about, the ways that you're behaving, the reacting, the manipulating are all biologically and biochemically correct reactions to trauma and ways to keep yourself safe and alive. So you're not doing anything wrong. You're perfect and you're a good person. But now that you have the awareness, you can choose different. Can't really change unless you're regulated. Go back to listen to the things that I do throughout the day, like the cold showers and the breathing. Do those and then try and implement some of the things that we've talked about. So where could they find you? Where would you like them to go to seek out your advice? And right now I would go to Instagram if you want to just, you know, reach out. But we have a community. It's called Undefined, the community. It's on Facebook. And this is where I do a lot of, I do lives in there. We talk a lot about human design, this dynamics. It's a magazine also. So we're restarting the magazine again, um, getting it up and going. And we just make human design really practical there. And it's only $7 to join. So, And someone new to human design, should they go there to start seeking out their chart and all those types of things? Undefinedthemag.com and then click get your free chart. Or you can go to my Instagram. When you click the link tree, it'll be like get your free chart. Perfect. Perfect. And I'm going to challenge everybody to do that today. You've listened to this. You've been inspired. This is no way anybody wouldn't have major takeaways from what you just spoke about. So go and seek this out. Don't take this information. Something with podcasts and learnings is you can listen and be like, oh, that was so inspiring. And then you go back to doing the things you've always done. I would challenge people to stop right now and get their chart and seek this out. 
Absolutely. And again, like people don't implement the information simply because they're not like regulated and relaxed and ready to do that. So again, just do everything you need to do to keep get your body in a place where you can even receive the information. Mm, perfect advice. So I end every podcast with this question. I can't wait for your answer. Actually. <laughs> so how is Paige going to be iconic today? Paige is iconic every day. Oh, yes. Nobody's ever said that. I don't yes. even know how to not be iconic. I'm going to be myself, like fully express and fully myself. Yes, that's the best answer to date. <laughs> it's always been like not enough. And I do agree. We have things to work on to always, you know, stretch our, how we are showing up as iconic. But I love that you just said, I am. I'm me. That is the yeah. best. There's nothing <laughs> else to do. Oh, thank you for that permission. I just hope women see this, receive this, and like throw their shoulders back after this podcast because you gave them the permission to do so and your example and also your wisdom. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you know how deeply grateful I am for the time and space you give to the Becoming Iconic podcast. It is an honor and a privilege to show up here twice a week and pour into you. And thank you for those five-star reviews that you've been giving and those beautiful compliments. It means so much. And the time you spend to do that is just the most beautiful way to give back. The other thing I want to challenge us to as a community is to share more. It's so simple to copy this link into a text to a friend who you think would benefit from what you just listened to or share it into your stories. Make sure to tag me, by the way, because I love resharing. And allowing your network to maybe discover something that they wouldn't have if it weren't for you. And just a gentle reminder that jenspiegel.com, that website was designed for you, for you in mind and what you need in your life and business, the blog, the resources, the different ways of working together. They all sit there and they're available to you. So I challenge you to go over there make it a habit of checking out what's new and exciting. At the end of the day, I just want you to know I love this community. I appreciate being able to show up for you and I just want you to make it a great day.